Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Karen. That was amazing. At the back there. Who loves Karen? I think she's incredible. It's good that Nat's hand was up then. That's helpful. That's her husband. Um, It's so good to be here with you guys. Thank you for coming out today. And if you're new here, we just want to say a massive thank you for coming along. Um, And also the podcast, Zoomers, thank you for being a part of today. We are just really um, hungry for more of God here. You know, it was a year ago that Charlie and I and a couple of others went to Reading in Bethel, Bethel in Reading, in America, uh, to a conference, and my wife, Charlotte, was healed after 10 years of chronic pain, was healed from a condition which was twisted hips, and her back would always have to try and adjust itself, so her back was always in pain, Um, and it was this week a year ago that she, in worship, um, she felt something happened in her back and her hips changed, I guess. And it's now been a year of no pain for her. Um, and so we celebrate that together. And, and, and I just want to just declare over you this morning that if you are in need of a miracle, that if God can help or can heal my wife after many, many tears, after much heartache, uh, in our house when it came to pain, that God came through and was faithful and did a miracle. And I'm going to fight with this thing today again, I feel like. Um, can I just get down? That's no, okay. Thank you. One, two, one, two, one, two. Fantastic. Um, if you wonder why I try and use that, I feel like I speak better with my hands are free. It's just a personal thing, so I'm trying to get that working. Can you hear me okay? Back to the flow. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is here in power. We have to really remember that the local church is not a room full of perfect people. It's a room full of people who have been... Um, either saved by the grace of Jesus or on the journey or hopefully about to be, you know, meeting Jesus. It's full of a room of people who can help each other, a room that stands with each other. You know, we're not just like every other community group. We are set apart and we're a family. And I just want to encourage you, um, let's just keep working on the family dynamics. Let's, let's keep, you know, no family is perfect. We have Christmas in 75 days, is it? 76, 75 days. And I know for a lot of people already you're thinking Christmas, family. Maybe that's a bad thing for some. Maybe it's a good thing. But I just really feel in my spirit, let's just keep cultivating the culture of good, healthy family. And family will let each other down. We'll hurt each other at times, but ultimately, let's just have hearts full of grace and love. And seeing that testimony with Karen today, I've known Karen since she was in youth, when she was a little tacker. I was a youth pastor for, for many years, and now she's a close friend of mine, and she married Nat. 
And uh, I just think, I just see her and I just think family. And so I'm just, we're so blessed. Speaking of family, my son is now six months old. I know. Hey, we were able to keep him alive for six months, which is amazing. As new parents, we, we got him over the six-month line. Um, but he is extremely happy, little joyful boy. He got his um, some, in fact, six-month vaccinations this week, and he didn't cry. And the nurses were just like, what? He went, oh. it went, oh. well, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I think he has his mum's toughness. Um, so um, he's not going well. And for all the parents here, if you remember, or maybe you're a new parent, these are big deals. Um, he started eating solids this week. Pumpkin, carrot, avocado. Wasn't sure about the avocado. And he, uh, he actually flipped over. Himself, <laughs> he turned over. He could turn from his. He could. Where's my wife? She's not in the room. She, anyway, one of them's harder than the other, and the one that's harder, he he can do both. He can, he can. Uh, last night he woke up crying because he flipped on his stomach and couldn't get up, couldn't move back. So we had to rescue him. But um, yeah, he's an amazing little man. And fatherhood, wow, what what an amazing thing. Honestly, I, I, I don't say that lightly. Fatherhood. Whenever I have a tough moment, I just hold him close, like cheek to cheek, like this is what it's about. It's about, it's about family. It's about God. You know, it's about, oh, it's amazing. So thank you for those who pray for us. Thank you for those who look out for our family as the pastors of the church. I would encourage every person here, if this is your church home, please every day take a moment to pray for Charlie and I and our son. And, and, and do it as a family. Get your kids involved. So let's pray for our pastors. It's a really godly thing. It's a very powerful thing. And Charlie and I really sense that we sense it. We sense it when people are praying for us. There you go. Today's going to be fun. Today's going to be good. Um, my phone is here. All right, I'm going to try and start with something humorous, um, as I've been trying to do recently. And... Uh, and we're gonna, this, this kind of ties, you, you might have heard this one, it, it kind of ties into the word today, so we're going to do it. But a, a fellow was stuck on his rooftop in the flood, and he was praying to God for help, and soon a man with a rowboat came by and shouted to the man on the roof, jump in, I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, no, it's okay, I'm praying to God, and he's going to save me. And then the stranded fellow shouted back, uh, I'm already stuffing this up already. <laughs> so anyway, the rowboat kept going. Then a motorboat came by, and the fellow in the motorboat shouted, jump in, I can save you. And the man stranded said, no thanks, I'm praying to God, and he's going to save me, I have faith. So the motorboat went on, and a helicopter came, and the pilot shouted down, grab this rope, I can lift you to safety. And the stranded man again replied, no thanks. I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. And soon the water rose and above the rooftop, the man drowned. He went to heaven. He finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me down. I don't understand why. To this, God replied, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? Anyone heard that before? Today I'm going to speak to you about how to hear God's voice. 
<laughs> so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10, verse 27. Now, today I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture, um, but I'm not going to put the Scripture on the screen. So usually we put the Scripture on the screen. I just, I don't want our church to get lazy. So we don't put the Scripture on the screen for our church regulars. We put it on for the new people, yeah? We put it on for those who don't have Bibles yet. Thanks, fine. So, but for the rest of us, let's be good at turning to Scripture. Um, anyone a fan of the paper Bible over the technical Bible, the, the digital? I like paper. How good is it? doesn't really smoke anything anymore, but how good is paper? How to hear God's voice. Let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And we just, right now, we center ourselves and we just center our hearts onto you. We put our focus onto you. And Lord, no matter what the week has been like, no matter what mountains might be in our world, no matter what is going on, we choose in this moment to fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the eyes of our hearts. And I pray in this moment that you would help us to have open ears, to have open eyes, to have open uh, hearts to everything you might want to speak. Help us in our weakness and especially help me. You know, I'm your servant this morning. I pray the words I speak that they would touch the hearts of people. But most of all, Holy Spirit, it will be your words through me. Father, I thank you for the privilege it is to share your scripture. Have your way, Holy Spirit. And we pray for our family who isn't here today. Bless them as well. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? <clears throat> cool. You guys are fine. You're staying up here, aren't you? Awesome. How to hear the voice of God. Charlie and I love to travel. And um, it's been a bit of a weird season. Any travel bugs in the room? You love to travel? Yeah, I, we... We love to travel, and we love to travel out of the country. Uh, we don't mind necessarily where, as long as it's out of Australia, and I enjoy seeing the different sights and smelling the different things, and just on Friday, we, we were reminiscing about, on our honeymoon, we got to go to Europe, and we're talking about our itinerary and different things we saw, and both got a bit teary, just remembering, you know, the different experience of, of travel at that time and and now with COVID it's become a bit challenging and we don't know when that's going to ease up hopefully soon um, and one thing about travel though is that there's no place like home <laughs> you can travel to the most beautiful places in the world and I've had the privilege of doing that and coming home though you get onto that Qantas plane and you hear the Aussie accent and you go oh, it's good to be home. Even on the plane, it's good to be home. You arrive back in Australia and it's Australian customs, and even if they're grumpy, it's good to hear an Aussie accent. And, and so we, we often, it, it, you, we arrive and, and, and you, oh, normally it's a big flight if we're from Europe or from America and you, you're jet lagged already and you're exhausted and, and you turn up and then you come through customs and you go through the international airport and they've got the passport thing and you've put it in now and it scans and it's amazing. And then you come down that final ramp where you enter into Australia, officially enter into, we're now in, we're now in Australia land. 
And nine times out of ten, whenever we've arrived and we've had our parents-in-law pick us up from the airport, there's a crowd there at that ramp. And if you ever want to be moved emotionally, just sit there and watch the reunions happening because people are just long lost and they they embrace. and, And so you get a bit overwhelmed. You come out, you're like... All these people, it's a big flight, it's busy. It's... But then we wait to hear the voice. <laughs> Yoo-hoo, over here! Over here, is it? Yoo! Coo-wee! Coo! Did you hear the voice, Charlotte? I think I did. Coo-wee! Pushing people out of the way. She's like, over this big sign, big balloons every time. You know, we, we flew back from, we couldn't fly back from the inner side of Australia and there'll still be signs of balloons. <laughs> Tears, embraces, missed you. And that's just, that's just Kathy. Let alone our side of just, and then Alan will be there sometimes and it's just, but you hear, you wait for the voice. In the midst of the noise, there was the voice. And when it comes to being people, if you're here and you love God and you're a Christian, you learn to hear the voice of God. And there might be hundreds of people around you. There might be a hundred situations or circumstances or challenges. There might be the noise of pain or grief. There might be the noise of, even the noise of celebration. And, and then you wait to hear that, cooey. Hello, over here. Yeah, that's not God's voice. That's Kathy's voice. But you, you get the gist. <laughs> Maybe it is God's voice. I don't know. I don't, who knows? So we come, we come to this starting point. And now I know that if you've been a Christian for many years, you, th- you can think, oh, well, I know how to hear God's voice. But the thing is, I've learned with God's voice is that you kind of you get to know it more. And it becomes even more distinct. It becomes even more you start to learn a bit of the accent of God. <laughs> Not just the noise, but the way he speaks, the wording, how, how, how eloquent God is. And so today I want to speak to you about different ways that God speaks to us. And the title today is this, How to Hear the Voice of God. How to Hear the Voice of God. Now, I love the fact that our relationship with God is not just a dialogue. Sorry, it's not just a monologue. It's a dialogue. I don't know if they picked that up on the... Yes, they did. Thank you. Amazing. Our, our girls picked it up. I gave them the wrong, the wrong wording. It's not just... For Charlie and I, we had our first date at... Where is she? Uh, where was our first date? You can't remember either. Oh. Yeah, first, first date. Up in Shore Harbour. Chocolate strawberries, I must have been keen because that just doesn't sound like me. We went to dinner. Now, if I went to dinner with her, and we're both nervous, we weren't sure, we both tried to cancel it last minute, ended up doing it anyway. Went up there. If I just talked at Charlotte and she didn't say one word, date number two probably wouldn't have happened. Anyone seen that date, the show First Dates? Okay, first dates. Me and my dad like that show. We're a bit weird. We like that show. 
And you can see why a lot of those people are single, yeah? You're just like, I know why you're single. You just, you, you're terrible. <laughs> the thing is with God is that God isn't just someone who we talk at. We have to understand that we are, and we believe this, in a relationship with God, which means we are in not just a monologue one way, it is a dialogue two way. But even now I find myself having a monologue often. I talk at him. Now, I can even talk to him, but don't give him a chance to speak back. And I've come to the conclusion that God actually wants to speak to us a lot more than we realize. He wants to speak to you. Not just about the big things, but about the small things. Because if it means something to you, it means something to him. I, I believe that we have a loving father. I love that Jesus spoke about this so often. He speaks about his Abba father, his loving father. He speaks about um, a good father. He, he doesn't speak about, he, he makes sure it's not just a scary God out there, but it's a father that we can come to. And now as a dad myself, I'm starting to get a bit of more of a revelation of the power of being a father. And in John chapter 10, verse 27, if you have your Bibles and if you're writing notes, John 10, John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And it's Jesus speaking. And he says, My sheep hear my voice. They, they, they know them. I, I know them, and they know me. So a Christian should know how to hear the voice of God. In John chapter 8, verse 47, if you want to go back two chapters, John 8, 47, it says, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So it's hard to have, it's hard to have debates with people who, sometimes it's hard to have debates with people who aren't Christians. If you're a Christian, this is why debates don't really work often. Because unless you have that moment of hearing God, they're not going to have that moment yet, unless God opens their ears. It's hard to talk to someone and say, because it makes you sound like you have a mental illness. Yeah? Because you're hearing voices. Whether you say it's through the scripture, or whether you say it's an audible, whatever it is. But we have to understand something, is that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to our hearts. And hearing from God is a normal part of the Christian life. And we actually need, to, I tell you, you meet someone who can accurately hear God, they are unstoppable. How do we position ourselves, though, to hear the voice of God? Who here wants to hear the voice of God afresh today? I do. Every day I need it. Every, I'm always seeking God about things. I'm always asking him about and, and, and I just, I need him to lead me. But I also have to position myself to hear him. And last week I spoke about being people who can hear noise, but are we listening? We can see, I'm looking right now at the room, and I can kind of see Shamsi, but now I'm looking at Shamsi. Yeah? So you can look, you can see, but are you actually looking? You can hear a lot of noise, but are you listening? And this is how you know. Because when you listen, you change. Yeah? 
That's why you can sit in church for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and be the same person you were at the start because you heard, but you never listened. And what does the Spirit say? The Holy Spirit says this. He says, those who have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's what the Scripture says. So my prayer every day is this, and I pray it every day. I say, God, open my ears to your voice. Open my eyes to what you're doing. Because I know how quickly I have things placed in my ears. Worry, stress, circumstances, just noise, just TV, the news, social media. And I've got all these things vying for my attention. And I have to stop and say, God, open my ears. I want to hear you. I want to... So, so we have to come back to this. If you want to hear God, you need to position yourself to hear him. In, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12 says this. And I'll give you a second to turn there because it's not on the screen. But 1 Kings 19, 12 says this. It says, After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And it's speaking here about how the prophet was waiting to hear from God and there was an earthquake and he thought, it's God going to speak through it. And then a massive fire came and we know as Aussies that fires are loud. Bushfires give a roar like a train apparently. But it wasn't. The word, the word of God, the voice of God wasn't in the fire. But then a gentle whisper came and God was in the gentle whisper. But who knows, anyone that played the game Chinese Whispers at school or as adults, I don't know, in Connect Group, maybe I should should do in Connect Group, Chinese Whispers, I don't know why it's called Chinese Whispers, maybe it's racist, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. That game we're talking about where it's just, you go around and you whisper to each other and you see it, now who was the person in the room who would always intentionally change the message? I'm looking at Paul Green because I reckon he would have been that guy. Um, <laughs> who was the one in the group that you get, you get so angry because someone changed it and you were like, I just wanted it to, yeah, that's my wife probably was that. I mean, all the organised people, they just want order. They just want it to be, yeah. I was the guy that would change it, um, but only slightly, only slightly. When you whisper, you've got to really pay attention. Or when you hear a whisper, you've got to really pay attention. When it comes to the voice of God, you've got to become so great at just listening. Like it's an art form. It's an art form. And the, and the way we do it is this. Number one is we quiet the noise around us. Right now, my Facebook is deactivated. If you try and find me, I haven't blocked you. Don't cry. I am deactivated which means my account does not exist, and I'm loving it. It is less noise in my life. You see, there's so much noise, there's so much stuff going on, and it's just, we've got to make sure that we quiet the noise. And this is scriptural because you see it with the promised land, and you see it when the spies go in and they say, look at the promise of God, look at what we can do. And then only two said, yeah, we can take it for God. And the rest said, no, we can't. And then it says this, it says that Moses, it says, quieted down the people. He said, stop talking. We need to hear what God is saying. 
I remember at school, uh, it's pretty embarrassing, but back when I was in early high school, year seven, year eight, 1997, 1998, a long time ago, um, some of you guys weren't even born. Who wasn't born then in 1998? Okay, yeah, you guys are just a twinkle in your parents' eye, I guess. I, 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 got, I would get home from school, and the exciting thing to do back then was get on the phone and talk to the girls from class. And I didn't care what, I didn't care what we talked about. I didn't care what, we just, I'm just like, you're the prettiest girl in the class, I'll talk to you. You're kind of pretty, I'll talk to you. But then it got even more exciting because then you could, they had this thing where you could like, um, you could bring in a third caller. You could do a three-way chat. Much to my parents' disgust because it cost 20 cents per time or something and my dad, who's spending the 20 cents or whatever it was. But then you wouldn't tell the third the, the person that there's a third person on the line, so you'd be it was kind of sneaky, but kind of <laughs> hey, this is before social media, okay? So I don't know why I'm telling you this story. Something about quieting the noise, I guess. <laughs> the second way we position ourselves is this: if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to quiet the noise within you. And Psalm 46:10, and one of my favorite scriptures, and it's such a key. Psalm 46.10 says, it says, be still and know that I am God. And there's something about that scripture because what I've noticed in life is this. When you still yourself, cut the noise, turn your phone off, turn the TV off, turn the noise off around you, you start to remember who he is. Be still and know that I am God. And I've learned that when I truly still my heart before him, I start to know again that he is God. It's when I'm really busy, really stressed out, got a lot going on, got a lot of noise, a lot of opinion, a lot of input, and then I start to forget who he is. So if you can literally stop and, and find somewhere beautiful around your house or a local park or somewhere and sit there and turn off the noise and just sit there and just, just meditate on God. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is faithful, that he is good, that he has got you, that he has got your family, that he has got our nation, that he is he's, he's in control. And you start to hear this whisper. You start to hear this. And you know what? It might not be a whisper in your ear. It might be a whisper in your heart. It might be a scripture that comes to your heart. It might be a song. Anyone have it where a song comes to your heart? And it's like God brings an old song or an old hymn and you just start to have on the way in this morning. A song came to my spirit and I started to try and sing it and I thought, this is terrible. So I put it on the, put it on the CD, CD, the, the MP3 or whatever we call it, the music box. We put the music box on and I started to sing to God, the music box. Hey, the third thing is this, is, is we need to be people who, to position ourselves to hear from God, we need to lean in. Jeremiah 29, um, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You will find him when you lean in, when you seek after him. You've got to sometimes make sure, and how do you lean in? We worship. We fix our eyes on Jesus. 
we take time to let the noise die. We take time to, uh, the worship is one of the greatest ways. Like lift your voice. If you're missing worship in church, I'm missing it too. You heard me last Sunday. We're going to try and find a way. We're trying to be honouring in the season as well. We'll get there. But in your own, in the car on the way in before the service, crank up the tunes. Lift your voice. Lean into what God has. When you need a miracle, you find yourself really leaning in. Because it's one thing to lean in when you feel comfortable, but it's another thing to lean in when you feel like, I need a miracle. And that's why I started with just remembering what God had done for our family, that he healed, healed my wife of that, that hip condition, and it was simply by the grace of God. But I tell you, we were leaning in. I went to every, we went, literally, we went to every altar call. Even when there wasn't an altar call at that conference, we went and harassed the pastor to pray for us. Literally, we went, <laughs> waited, got past security. Hey can, hey, can you pray for us? We need a miracle. Because when you get desperate, you don't actually care about manners much anymore. <laughs> you just need the miracle. And by the way, after service, if you need prayer, we'll, we'll, our team will pray for you after service. We have to lean in. Lean in. Lean in, hungering for God. How hungry are you for God today? The second thought is this. second thing I want to speak about is, how does God speak to us? If you already know this, write this down. I really encourage you, church, even if it's not your culture, write things down. Even if you're writing down what God might be speaking to you about. <clears throat> Why? It's a good discipline to have. All right. Number, number one, how does God speak to us? I love this. What is it? Through his scripture. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. If you, why don't you turn there? Hebrews 4, 12. And when you got it, tell me you've got it. You can, you can. Yeah, awesome. Is this okay this morning? Well, that's loud. All right. Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the word of God is living and active. Why don't you say living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow. I'm going to read you 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training and righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped in every good work. Can I hear an amen? amen. The Word of God is living and active. This is how I think about the Word of God, and it's going to sound a bit weird, but this is how my creative mind works. What does that look like to you? It looks like a bird, doesn't it? This is the Word of God. This is the only book in the world that the Bible declares is living and active. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Now, has anyone had this experience where if I, when I read the Word, I feel my soul getting healthy? Even if I don't understand what I'm reading, I still feel like it's feeding something in here. That is because this is the bread of life. 
Now, if you didn't eat for a week, a month, a year, who knows you're going to start to fade pretty quickly. When you don't feed your spiritual man the bread, you can't ever expect to be spiritually strong. It doesn't make any sense. Don't ever lose the basics and the power of the discipline of reading Scripture. Never lose it. Make time for it. Make it your priority. Why? Because it is living and active. So number one, the Scripture. Now, again, this is a whole sermon in itself, but go home and think about this. Number two, God speaks to us through the rhema word of God. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing the word of Christ. You know that the word, the, the, the word here for word is rhema, which is actually the word quickening. Now, the best way for me to describe that is this. A quickening is this. Have you ever read your scripture, the scripture and something jumps out at you? It's like jumps out of the page and you're like, "Woo! I just got convicted then, God. Oh, that's really speaking to me right now, God. And that's why it's good to have a highlighter. I like doing this. And highlighting things that jump out to you. Because by doing so, what happens is, is you remember what God said. It's one of the only books, if not the only book, let me rephrase that. Every other book I've ever read, and I love to read. Whenever I go on a holiday, I read. I love, especially I love fantasy books that are out of this world. I like getting lost in another dimension, another world, another reality. It's great. But I have never had any words jump out at me the way they do in the Scripture. I'm not there going, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's, oh. Now, some, maybe something written beautifully might cause my creative wiring to spark up. But there's nothing compared to when the Word of God jumps out at me. The rhema word of God, faith comes by hearing the rhema word, the quickening, the jumping out. This is when we talk about when God, when you hear people say, God spoke to me. Anyone heard that saying? Especially in Pentecostal church, God spoke to me. What they're speaking about is the rhema word of God, the jumping out, the God. So, so when Charlotte and I felt like our house, we're going to move into a house within a year, this is our testimony from years ago. We, what happened was we thought by Christmas we're gonna oh, sorry, by yeah, by Christmas we're gonna have our own home. God gave us a rhema word. Now faith comes, notice, from the rhema. Faith is believing for something that's not yet there. By faith we move mountains. By faith, Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for those who believe. This is for you. This isn't just for him, it's for you. You can see miracles through faith, but faith comes by hearing the voice of God. Who here wants some fresh rhema this morning? I'll take some fresh rhema. Now, as a side note, if you're feeling like God isn't speaking to you super clearly and you are stilling your heart, you are leaning in, you are stilling uh, the noise around you, go back to the last thing he said to you. Because maybe he hasn't finished with the last bit of rhema. We're saying, God, speak afresh. And he says, you haven't done what I told you to do last time. So go back. And often when we go back, God takes us forward. 
That's just a little bit of goodness for you there. The third thing is this. God speaks to us through creation. Who loves creation? Who loves getting out in nature? Yesterday, my son went up to the farm and my parents-in-law own acreage up outside of Berry. Beautiful, beautiful place. And he just loves outdoors. He is an outdoor kid. He's only six months, but he'd rather be outside laying on the grass watching the birds than be inside on the couch doing something else. And we love that about him. And, and I just love the fact that God declares his words through creation. Now, Psalm, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 19. Psalm 19, verse 1. It says this. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Why don't you say declare? The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. <laughs> Yesterday was, uh, we had someone pop over to our, a couple pop over to our house. And we, um, we sat out on, our, on our balcony at our house. And where we live, the, the sun sets over the, this mountain range. And the colours are just bright oranges and bright pinks and just amazing. And it's just like, have you ever had the feeling like, like God, you're doing that for me? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're showing off for me right now? Yeah. Who's had that before? Hey, be that. I don't mind. I'm just like, God, yes, there's billions of people on the planet, but that right now is for me. Yeah. And I actually fully believe this, that God often will speak through his creation. Just yesterday, Charlie and I were chatting about something and it was a little bit, little bit stressful and trying to work something through and, and a little blackbird just flew past our back porch and just stopped and then a little dance. And for me, that's what I needed. I just, it was just God saying, I look after the birds. I look after that little guy. Yes, my big dog will chase that little bird away and did but in that moment I'm just refreshed because if God can create and look after that little fella he can look after me but you've got to again lean into creation God's voice in creation because we can look outside even now and go oh yeah the green it's oh, it's green it's nice do you remember when it was a drought and it was completely brown I mean, it's not fully green yet, but it's getting a lot better. Yeah. Our yard right now is beautiful green. It used to be dirt. Am I paying attention to God through, his, through, God, through his creation? Yeah. What is God trying to say today through his creation? Yeah. The greatest example for me is my son. I just, every day, he reminds me of the goodness of God. Yeah. Again, yesterday, we're, we're having a chat, and I... And I, I just, I got him and I held him. We had this thing called cheek to cheek where he has the most fat cheeks. If he lays down, his, his cheeks will rest on his chest. They melt off his face. And we love it. And we had this thing and Charlotte, you know, Charlotte is creative. She has seven different songs that she sings to our son. Which she has made up her complete self and he knows they all mean something different. And he has one called cheek, they have one called cheek to cheek and heart to heart, where you hold him and he will rest his fat cheeks against your cheek like this. 
And he'll just do it for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And we'll hold him and cheek to cheek and heart to heart. Cheek to cheek and heart to heart is where we are. And that's, and that's pretty much good. And he knows it. He knows the song. He, he, he looks for it. He's getting his fat cheek against your cheek. And because I've got a beard, he gets a bit confused, but he's starting to not mind it now. And, and I just held him cheek to cheek and heart to heart. I just held him. And I just thought, God, I just thank you. I feel like the richest man in the world right now. God's speaking through his creation. God is speaking to you today through his creation. Hey, how else does he speak? He speaks through others. In Acts chapter 18, verse 9, it says, in Acts 18, 9, it says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking and don't be silent. Keep on speaking, Paul. Keep on preaching. If God can speak to Paul, he can speak to you. And if God can speak to Paul to speak to someone else, then God can speak to someone else to speak to you. The question is today, who is your Paul? And maybe God is sending people into your life to speak God's words to you. Maybe God's sending me this morning to speak God's word to you. I've got a very high feeling he is if we have ears to hear. We have to though, be aware. You know, whenever I speak to people, I'm wired now to always be listening to the voice of God. I'm always listening. I'm always, God, are you trying to say something? A lot, a lot of the time, I'm, I'm not super spiritual about that. Like, oh, <laughs> hey, but how's your day? Go, Parramatta. What did God just say? Like, no, I'm not, I'm not that type of level. Nat, Nat wishes that. But I am going, God, whenever I have interactions, can I hear can I hear you trying to do something? Have a humble heart. Allow God to speak to people, to speak to you. I love in the scripture, you know that God used a donkey to speak to people. <laughs> Some of our most prophetic, insightful moments in our life, a child and I, have been through the donkeys of life. <laughs> that sounds really degrading, kind of is. But it's like the most... Un, um, unexpected source. We were, we were outside a, um, a building once and a girl walked past, never seen this girl before, never spoke to her. She would have been in her late teens, early 20s. And, and she walked past and Charlie and I were sitting there and she looked at us and, and let me see her walk back. And we're like, oh no, here we go. Like, what's, what's she going to say? And she said, I'm so sorry. She said, I don't mean to be rude, but I just, I feel like I've just got to just, God's telling me to tell you this. And it was word for word the exact thing that we needed in that moment. And this girl was so timid. She was so, she was even, she was scared to even speak it. But she was so in tune with, I've got to be faithful. And then she just left, she took, disappeared. And we're there, tears. <laughs> I had Sundays on so I could hide it better, but we're just like, oh my goodness, what just happened? God just sent that girl who obviously had some big insecurities, obviously had some things that she's trying to work through herself. God just used her as a prophet that literally altered the course of our life. You see, God will send people to you that you would never expect. God will send things into your life to speak his words.
That's how faithful he is. Have you ever had the moment where, um, I love these moments, where someone will text you or call you or, or inbox you and it'll be just, hey, I've had you on my heart and I just want to just share this with you. And you're like, what? Like, no one knew. I just absolutely love that. We had a couple call us up a year ago, 18 months ago. It was 9.30 at night. And we don't answer our phones after a certain time. We try and have boundaries. But they texted us and they said, we, we speak to this, this, this couple once a year. That's how much we don't, they're not hugely close in that way. And, and basically they said, hey, can we call you? And we're thinking, 9.30 on a Saturday night, this must be something going wrong with them. Like maybe something's, we need to be available for them. Call us up and just started prophesying over the phone to us. They said, we've had this on our heart, and we just say, this is what the Lord says to you, and this is what God's going to do, and this is, God's got you, and shared a scripture with us. And we just said, <laughs> in the lounge, just bawling our eyes out, you know, on speakerphone, just like, I, I couldn't even talk. I was so overwhelmed with the presence of God that Charlotte had to, had to say something. And it was just such an accurate moment because a couple who literally lives hours and hours and hours away from us had a moment where they had a prompting from the Holy Spirit and they became the messenger of God for a couple who really needed it. Charlie and I really needed that breakthrough moment because they were obedient. And I want to encourage you, church, be the vessel of God's message. Be the vessel of breakthrough. Be the vessel of speaking God. Be that vessel of seeing the presence of God bring healing and breakthrough because that's what God wants to do through you. Now, has anyone ever had the moment where you feel like God's put something on your heart and then you withhold it because you're a bit scared? Hey, kick that fear in the face and just do it because you never know what God could do in and through you. Is this okay this morning? Okay, okay, we're nearly getting there. Let me, let me, let me round this out. How shall we respond when God speaks to us? Here's my last section. How shall we respond when God speaks to us? Here's a really interesting scripture. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15 says this. Hebrews 3:15. It says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. The writer here basically is saying. When you hear the voice of God, don't harden your heart. What a weird thing to say. Because normally when God speaks to you, it's such an amazing, powerful moment, and you're like, oh my goodness. But he's saying, listen, don't harden your, don't get familiar when God speaks. You know you have an opportunity when God speaks to you. Sometimes he speaks to you about something so out there, so I need a miracle. Walk on the water, Peter. I can't walk on water. Physically, physics says I can't walk on water. Do it because I'm telling, it doesn't make sense, Jesus. There's moments in life where God says, I want you to do something and it doesn't make sense, but God says, do it anyway. This is where we have to be careful though. When God speaks to us and we lay a hold of something and it doesn't happen the way we thought, disappointment sets in. Familiarity sets in. Discouragement sets in. And so next time God speaks to you, you go, oh yeah, God spoke to me about the ones. It didn't really work out. And you've hardened your heart. 
It's happened to me many times, this. And it's like you miss out on what God has because you've become discouraged with what you thought was going to happen. Always treat the voice of God as holy, as precious. And the first thing we do when we need to respond to God is this. We need to make sure we have thankful hearts. This is so simple, but it's so profound. On the way in this morning, I had some worship playing. And again, it was, it was worship from, um, the, from this conference from last year, a year ago, because I was just reminiscing of what God had done over in, in, in Reading. And, and I remember the conference and the worship, and I remember the expectation in the room. You know, we find it challenging. And make sure you RSVP. Go on the line, RSVP for the service. People are lined up. Lined up for hours. People are lined up in the morning for a night session just to get the best seats, just to encounter more of God. And then you walk in the room, it's electric. I mean, some of us have been to amazing concerts in life. It doesn't even compare to when God's presence... Is in the it's, it's, it can't explain. It's like it's, it's like presence. It's real. It's there. It's thick. It's so thick that my wife gets healed from a chronic um, ailment just by being in the worship. This is what the church is called to be. Not oh, it's good to have Benaiah up on the pulpit, pat on the back. Oh, it's good to have Nat up. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Good on you, Nat. Nat. Where's the hunger? Because when Nat was speaking today, I'm like, God, speak to me. I need you to speak to me. <laughs> I love that analogy you used today about that. I'm like, is there, any, is there any cordial in my life? Any green cordial in my life? I was thinking, he's putting a green dye in there. I'm thinking, is there, is there any, anything in my filters that is off that I'm not... I'm giving out of that's not good. And often there is. Every day I go, God, cleanse me of that. Help me with that. Help me to have a a pure heart. So the first thing is let's be a church that's thankful. We have a church that shares the gospel. We have a church that shares scripture. We have a church that encourages each other. We have a church that blesses each other. I don't think we understand what we sit in sometimes. And I dare to say, I'm pretty sure we don't. This place is holy. God's called us to be a breakthrough agent for our city. Healing, joy, freedom. Families healed. Those who are suffering, finding wholeness. Help us, Holy Spirit. We want to be a supernatural people. The second thing is this. Number one, write it down. Number two, oh, sorry, number one, be thankful. Number two, write it down. In Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, it says this. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that they may run with it. Another translation says, write the vision down that those who hear it may run with it. Yeah. You know that here in Habakkuk 2, 2, when it says write the vision down, and please get this, forget anything, get this. The word here for write the vision down is actually meaning prophetic instruction. Write down the prophetic instruction, write it down so that when people read it or when people hear it or when you uh, talk about it later, it's accurate so that those who hear it can run with it. 
We are blessed as a church because we have a prophetic couple running it, Charlie and myself. We've been given this job, but we are prophetic. I am always preaching to the room, but I am always preaching to the city. I don't know if you've noticed that. I, I, I don't just speak to you. I'm speaking to the family down the road who is in complete brokenness and the fact that we have the good news. It's the prophetic nature in Charlie and I. We can't help it. We will die if we don't tap into that. So when God speaks to you, and I say, and I do it so pastorally, write down things in church. Write down things in church. The bo- write down the vision. Listen, if you're a young married here, write down the vision for your marriage. If you're an old married here, write down the vision for your marriage. If you have kids here, we declare over bed every day, every night before bed, you are a bringer of joy, healing, and peace. I say to him, I give him a kiss. I say, you are a man of favor. You are a man of God's heart. He goes, and I say, yes, you are. And when he's 21 years old at his birthday, I'll say the same thing. God willing, when he's 40, I'll say the same thing over him. It doesn't change. I declare the words of God over him as his father. And God declares over you the words of his heart. He's speaking over you today. Write it down and make it clear. The third thing is this. Apply what he has said in obedience. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, and we're nearly finished. Luke eleven twenty-eight 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Are you doing what the word of God is saying? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who builds his house on the rock. We can't just be people who hear things. We have to listen. When we listen and we set ourselves up to be building houses on rocks. I've grown up in church my whole life. I have seen thousands of people profess Jesus and be on fire for God for a season and then disappear because they never built their lives on the rock. They built it on emotion. They built it on the pastor. They built it on the connect group. They built it on something else. And they leave when it gets hard because the storm comes. But I encourage you, build your house on the word of God. <laughs> Last one, be accountable. <laughs> when God speaks to you, be accountable. I think it's a healthy thing when you're in church. We had someone recently come up to one of our pastors, and I think it's a really good thing, and said, I've got a prophetic word for someone in the church. Um, do you mind if I give it? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they shared it with the pastors to make sure that the prophetic word they had wasn't going to be completely crazy. Growing up, I read a book, and the whole book was full of stories of wacko Christians who are prophesied over other Christians who are young in their faith, and those young in their faith Christians built their life on a prophecy that wasn't real and messed up their whole lives. I read story after story. It's a John Bevere book called Thus Saith the Lord, if you want to read it. And it's talking about the power of having godly accountability and having people who speak. Listen, I'm a pastor's kid. I've had people prophesying over me since I was this tall. When I was Bear's age, I was in church. People giving me words and speaking this and that. And sometimes they were the most powerful words and a lot of the times they were wacko people who had good intentions but were listening to something rather than God. 
If you have a word, I encourage you to speak it out, but make sure that you have accountability. It's going to safeguard us, safeguard each other, because you know that some people are going to say, everyone says this, God spoke to me. Not everyone, but a lot of people. You hear all the time, God said this, God spoke to me. The minute someone says that, there's no conversation anymore. I've had so many people over the years come and see me for advice. I need your advice, Brian. God spoke to me and said this, what do you think? If God spoke to you, it doesn't matter what I thought. Because if I say something different, I'm going against God now in your eyes. Yeah? So we have to have humble hearts. And go, God, you're speaking to my heart, but I also want to make sure that I have prophetic voices who can affirm this. Whenever Charlie and I, whenever we have God speak to our hearts, we actually go, God, we need you to affirm it. And God will often send other prophets, other prophetic people, other things our way, which will help us. Otherwise, what we do is we just put it on the shelf. So you can give me a prophetic word today, and I'm not going to disregard it. I'll value it, but I might put it on the shelf. I have a shelf in my, in my head. The shelf is, God, you can get it off the shelf. I don't know what it means, but if you want to bring it back off the shelf later, hey, you know how to do that. Bring some confirmation, speak to my heart yourself, and it might be part of the journey, but I will never base my life on someone's prophetic word. It's too much responsibility for that person, and it's, I don't want to, I, I need God, I've got my own walk. Prophets confirm. They actually speak the heart of God into situations. Whole big subject there, but be accountable. Now, here's the biggest one as we finish. People ask me this, especially young people, and it's an awesome question. How do you know when you're hearing God's voice versus someone else's voice? Anyone ever asked that question? Like, how do you know when it's me, or maybe it's my head? Maybe it's God speaking? Maybe it's the devil? I don't know. Maybe this is what I do. Number one is when you hear the voice of God, whether it's through Rhema through this, whether it's through creation, whether it's through someone else. Number one, is there peace? Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends your heart and mind, will come and it will guard you. Another translation says it will guide you. You have to have the peace of God. When Charlie and I would offer to take on the church, we, we took six months of prayer before we said yes. And I tell you, I had so many voices. You should take on the church. You know, it's definitely, it's from people saying, you take it on. It's a debt-free church. You know how rare that is to, you know, to, it's a great move for your future to other people saying, don't take on the church, like do something else to, and there's all this noise. And Charlie and I just had to work out in our hearts, Holy Spirit, where is your leading? For us, what does that mean? Holy Spirit, where is your peace? Not just for us, but for the prophetic accountability in our lives. We have prophetic people in our lives we're accountable to. And again, I encourage you to have this. Well-seasoned prophetic voices. I have a friend in Switzerland. He is the most prophetic, one one of the most, apart from my wife, prophetic voices I know. And he has called me so many times saying, I've had you on my heart, bang, 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 and it's exactly what's been happening here in Australia. And he has no idea. You see, it's good to have accountable people in your life, but have the peace of God. And as we finish, does the voice you hear cause you to love Jesus more? God's told me to work Sundays. 
And then you don't see them anymore. I had that when I was a youth pastor, heaps. Maccas has gave me a shift on Sunday. I've got to work on Sunday. God's told me it's my mission field on Sunday. They never come back. Did it cause you to love Jesus more? Does what you hear cause others to love Jesus more? I tell you, I've had some, some weird people over the years. You've got to understand, if you ever want to be entertained in a sad way, just follow me around on a Sunday. Not this Sunday, but in a lot of Sundays. And I just, my wife will tell you this, I attract the most bizarre conversations. And I think part of it is I'm prophetic in my, in my heart, so I attract prophetic people. But prof- and we're going to do a whole thing on prophecy for prophetic people. If prophetic isn't done well, it becomes extremely weird and damaging. Yeah. Prophetic done well is extremely powerful and precise. Yeah. But there's a whole process in that. And so I've got to guard my heart because people come up and they'll, they'll say, Benai, and they'll give me prophetic messages. And sometimes they are amazing and sometimes they are, I've got to shake it off because it's not actually God at all. It's something else. It's religious spirit. It's something to take me out. It's something that's going to cause a root in me that's not going to be healthy and I have to get rid of it. We have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. When you have a word for someone, are you being someone who is it's going to cause the hearer to love Jesus more? I would fail you, church, if I, my preaching didn't cause you to love Jesus more. And my ultimate prayer is that you go home and you want to spend more time with God. Last one is this. Does the voice you're hearing line up with Scripture? <laughs> now, especially for the young Christians, you read the Old Testament, you're going to read some pretty gnarly stuff. People getting chopped up, getting killed. You're going to read stuff to do with the law. If we find Old Testament like that, it'll be a very, very interesting, interesting church. And then you get to the New Testament, and there's some really bizarre things too. But you have to look in context. You have to learn to read Scripture properly. You have to read the Old Testament through the lens of the Gospel and through the lens of the cross. This is part of growing as Christians. But sometimes people will actually share a word they got, that God spoke to them and it's not scriptural. And it doesn't line up at all with Scripture. And it takes a discerning Christian to go, that's not scriptural. I'm going to use a really kind of common, unfortunately, example across churches. When people divide churches to start new churches, and they go, God's told me to go start a church down the road, and they take half the church, and all the disgruntled people leave with them, and it's the views God's told me, but they've created division. It's a bit of a sobering example. It happens, though. And it's just an example of what's going through church, going, but that didn't build the house. They weren't sent out in blessing. There was no covering in that. It confuses me. I go, Paul talks about this stuff. He talks about division. He talks about being sent out. This is why we have to know our Bibles. So does the word you hear bring peace? Does it cause you to love Jesus more? 
Does it cause others to love Jesus more? And does it line up with Scripture? If you have those things lined up, I dare to say there's a high chance what you're hearing is God. And I think to learn the art of hearing the voice of God, being led by the Spirit of God, if we can be that church, we'll be a very powerful people. And especially, I just love speaking to dads right now, especially for fathers here. Do you have the word for your family? Do you know the season you're in? Do you have the word for your kids? Do you have the breakthrough moment? Do you have the faith-filled words? Because God has a portion for us. But that applies to everybody here in your season. Do you know the season you're in? Do you know where you are in God right now? How to hear the voice of God. Does that help at all this morning? Now, there's a lot in that. Be on our podcast. If you have anyone who's trying to hear the voice of God, I pray that helps them as well. But why don't we just close our eyes for a moment as we finish. Part of our church um, DNA is the prophetic. And Charlie and I have just been thinking a lot recently about the prophetic and we're going to see it's kind of flow more on the prophetic. I just, um, I just want to speak a word over you, Alan. I just, this, just as I was sitting there today, I just felt in my spirit, there's an Israel Houghton song. It's, um, it's a new season, it's a new day, fresh anointing is going to flow my way. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to you, it's a new season, it's a new day, fresh anointing is flowing your way. And I just saw this picture in my heart of just this uh, fountain. It's like a wellspring. But it wasn't one that you just, you have to reach down to. This one was like, it was more of a fountain than a, a well. It was more of just, it was overflowing. It was splashing over. It was just, it was an overflow. And I just want to just encourage you. What I feel in my spirit for you is this, is that God is saying, you're coming to a season of overflow, a season of, I've got God's just doing so much. It's overflowing. It's out of control. It's beautiful. It's the life that people are being touched by. It's, it's amazing. And God says, it's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing is flowing your way. And just to rest in that, nothing you need to do with that, but just get ready because you're a faithful woman of God and God sees that. For you, wait, your effectiveness is about to just to, Go crazy. Like, it's just going to overflow, babe. And I'm going to make sure I'm positioned close because I want to get some of that onto me, some of that rivers of living water. I want some of that because that's where it's coming from, the rivers of living water in your spirit. In Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to take a moment just as we finish just to wait on God for a second, to still our hearts. And the band's just going to play. And I just encourage you just to stand there and just if you need some fre a fresh word from God, I'm just going to pray, even now, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts afresh. Speak to our minds afresh. Speak to our souls afresh. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now, bring that rhema word 
bring that quickening, bring that open, give us the open eyes, give us the open ears. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.